transferred to a qualified debt specialist. I don't talk to robots. I don't talk to robots. I don't talk to robots. Well, I am a life person, but I am using scripted responses for quality assurance. I don't talk to robots. I know that the color of the sky is blue. I don't talk to robots. Well, I am a life person, but I am using... All right, if you're a live person, is LeBron James the greatest basketball player of all time? I know that the color of the sky is blue. My eyes are blue. I don't talk to robots. 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 I win. You hung up. <laughs> Sorry about that. This episode's sponsored by Blue Chew, helping you out with your boners. Go to bluechew.com, use the promo code Opie, O-P-I-E, to receive your first month free. Oh, I think you do. Okay, I'll play you. Um, this is a new, I know, you know, it's a new song. Is That's that, fine. You know? And then I can play you an old song if you want, you know? Okay. And this has got a chorus, and it's, and it's a simple chorus. No, right. we're, we're not singing you along. I'm singing along. Yes, I'm ready. You are. I'm ready. All right, I'll try. <laughs> you are. Me, 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 me. And I'll, I'll, I'll sing it for you first, right? It goes like this. Tumbling down. This is your bit. Tumbling down. Tumbling down. Tumbling down. Got it? I got it. I got it. Tumbling down. Tumbling down, tumbling down, tumbling down. And you'll know when to do it because I'll do this. <laughs> right? All right, we got it. I dropped a coin in the wishing well, but it's a long time dry. I watched that old greyhound bus kick up dust as it rolls on by. I asked the man in the station He said, son, just take a look around There hasn't been a train through here Since it all came tumbling down Yeah! Tumbling down 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 I'm not a drinking man no more, but this one night I got lost. Yeah! I've never been much of a dancer, but this night I surely was. I made it out to the cottonwood, slept with my ear down to the ground. And in my dreams I could hear the screams as it all came tumbling down. Yeah! Tumbling down! Come tumbling down! Tumbling down! Tumbling down. The corridors are all empty And there's a child sitting on the stairs She's seen everything there is to see And somehow she still cares She still cares! <laughs> Took her out the Ferris wheel Made of glass and steel and such Now it's melting in the sun not worth all that much I raise my hands up to the sky as we climb to higher ground 
Let's just keep on dancing Until it all comes tumbling down yeah. All right. Tumbling down Come tumbling down Tumbling down Come tumbling down Tumbling down Come tumbling Come tumbling down Come tumbling down Colin Hay from Men at Work. Um, I love that stupid song. And when you do radio, the the one thing you never want to hear when there's like a legendary rock artist in studio is, I want to play a new song for you. And you're like, ah, oh my God, just go to the hits. You're here for the hits. And then he belts out uh, Tumbling Down. My goodness. And uh, we loved it. That was... Uh, that was Mike Cannon in there, and uh, Sherrod. Oh, my God. Yeah, Sherrod was in for that as well. So, um, good morning, everybody. Our little sunrise show is going away. It sucks. This stupid building. If you see the building to the left right there, you see that corner? Sun is starting to tuck around that corner. Because, you know, the sun moves across the horizon a little bit every day. So it's going bye-bye for about, uh, wow, I don't know, like four months maybe? Hope everyone's uh, doing all right. We're doing all right. Kids got off for like, uh, uh, they, got, they got off for spring break, and uh, we, we had an epic fail this year. No trip. I know. Woe is me. What do they call that? First world problems? Yeah. Could be worse, right? Just look at the footage of Ukraine, but... Uh, Man, when it was time to plan a trip, uh, we were still worried about the uh, the Rona. And then, um, you know, less scared about the Rona. But now, uh, you know, the airlines and all these resorts are like, well, now that you're not scared of the Rona, it's going to cost you three times the money to come on down here. There's always somebody waiting to take advantage of you. So, yeah, we don't, uh, I don't think we're going away. And then I'm still dealing with uh, the remnants of a flu. That's why I've been kind of here and there. I, uh, man, we went down for uh, Christmas in March in Philly. <laughs> and I came, the, the last day I was there, I woke up. I'm like, hey, does anyone else have a sore throat? <laughs> that old gag. And then, uh, oh boy, by Monday, down for the count. So about a week later, I'm feeling a lot better, but just freaking phlegmy. The type of phlegm where you, you're convinced you're going to choke to death because it's so, it's so thick, like potato soup. <laughs> so yeah, we're doing um, the famous uh, what do they call it? Staycation. So we're trying to do a little something every day. It's challenging, you know. Especially in the city, there's there's a lot of great things to do in the city, but as soon as you uh, try to do some of these great things in the city 
everybody else has the same idea and now you're just crowded in a space that would be so cool if there were so many less people. God, I hate this city. But, uh, yeah, we'll figure it out. I think we're going to go see Spider-Man today. Um, last night we saw... Um, it was all right. We saw the... Um, I think it's called the Adam Project. A little play off the name Adam because uh, the movie is about time travel with Ryan Reynolds. It was all right. Now I know why it was uh, pushed to uh, Netflix. I think it fell a little short, so they're like, you know what? We can't, uh, we can't uh, put this in theaters. Let's sell it to Netflix. We fell a little short. I ruined uh, time travel movies for my son. <laughs> He's like, I was the one that that explained to him that time travel movies never make sense because you always got like, but, but they're already interacting, so they're already changing the future. Even though in the movie they're like, you can't do that because you're gonna change the future. Stuff like that. I'm like, his life's got to be different now, because even though the father's like, I know I'm going to die in a car accident, but you can't tell me that because you're going to change the future. But he's already changing the future when he's sitting there with his dad as his uh, 12-year-old self and his, I don't know, 30-something, 40-year-old self. There's two of the same person. So they're already changing the future. Time travel movies are stupid. Go to the MoMA. We had a lovely um, stabbing at the, I think it was the MoMA, right? Where's my New Yorkers at? Yeah, no big deal. A couple ladies went to the MoMA to check out some uh, some paintings. And next thing you know, they're, you know, they're like, hey, why am I bleeding? They got stabbed at the MoMA. Was it the MoMA? I got to get my info right. Oh, there you go. Rachel knows. Did you see that guy that... It, Attack those MoMA workers because his membership was canceled. Is that what happened? Oh, God. I have to say that I'm not surprised. When you leave this building, you have to be completely on guard because everybody, including myself, I can't sit there and make believe that I'm a goody two-shoes. We're all wound so tight waiting for our first confrontation because we all know it's going to happen oh yeah but why was his membership canceled obviously he, i obviously he proved them uh them right not knowing the story i'm assuming that uh they thought this guy was uh a problem so they're like you know what we got to cancel his membership and <laughs> he proved he was a problem at this point you don't even know who the cops are in philly because everyone's all about it philly does not play Philly is a very special place. Oh, Jay, Jesus Christ, that's you? Holy shit, I worked with this guy a million years. Jay, how are you, brother? Jay Wilson, you were an animal at CMF. Sales guy extraordinaire. Um, oh my, yeah, fuck Jay, what's up? I swear I haven't seen or talked to this guy uh, maybe I ran into you here and there uh, when I did my trips to Rochester, but literally I worked with this guy. I don't want to even tell you how many years ago. I wish I could give you my number so uh, we could talk. This is an old friend of mine, man. I was just a, 
literal plebe just starting out in radio. CMF was my, um, CMF's in Rochester, uh, you know, the home of rock and roll. Yeah, I worked for a whole bunch of homes of rock and rolls, but uh, CMF is up there in Rochester, and I loved Rochester. It was my second professional job. I worked at CQ 102, Hit Music and More in Geneva, New York, and then moved on to Rochester, and I was just literally a nobody just trying to make it. And Jay, I got to tell you, Jay was one of the guys that was absolutely awesome towards me. And he was a sales guy at CMF. Holy fuck. Yeah, get my number from Bull. Absolutely. I would love to catch up with you. We had some good times up there. Oh, my God. We were all young and dumb, just trying to get laid at the radio station. <laughs> Hungover is all hell. The next day, just eating cold pizza with Pete Coughlin. Come on, Jay. You know him, right? Oh, my God. We would work hard, party hard. I don't think they offered health insurance back then. There was no human resource department. So, well, I mean, you would just wander those halls in between trying to make a little dough because we're all just starting out and just trying to pick up wherever you, whoever you could at the radio station. I only did... Uh, about three years at CMF, and then I moved on to, to Buffalo. Buffalo, and then the rest is history. Then I moved uh, back to Long Island to work for my hometown rock station, WBAB, which is also the home of rock and roll. And, uh, and then met Anthony there, then went to Boston. 1998, moved to this, uh, well, I didn't start in the city. Moved to Long Island, and then... Uh, been in this stupid city since, fuck, it's going to be 20 years coming up that I've been in New York City. That's fucking nuts. And Jay, you were fucking good on the air. Jay did a little on air, but he also realized he can make so much more money in sales. Jesus. This is way too inside, but I'll, I'll, I'll tell Jay. I think he knows this story. But So when I worked at CMF, I was literally a kid and uh, fresh out of college. And... <laughs> I wanted to be on air, but I had a horrible Long Island accent that I was working on, and then I was doing promotions, and then Stan Main was the program director, and he was teaching me how to program music, and so I was just trying to figure out what I wanted to do in the business, but I really wanted to be on air, helped in um, with production, and then Pete Coughlin, who was just a legend, he left us about a year ago, right, maybe two years ago at this point, um, raging fucking alcoholic, but very, very talented. He wanted to try to make me a sales guy, so he threw a tie on me and, and forced me to kind of go on sales calls. And Brother Weeze, who I bow to to this day, still crushing it in Rochester, he looked at me and went, bruh. And he basically said, you either got to choose the tie or no tie, meaning... You'd be a sales guy or, you, or you'd be an on-air guy. And I swear to you, I ripped that tie off. We were at some kind of function, and I never looked back. Thank you, Brother Weeze. But Coughlin, he was the GM of uh, WCMF. This is all inside, but, man, it's bringing back memories seeing Jay. We would go, what was the bar, Jay? We all went to for happy hour. Uh, uh, Lloyd's. And it was like a media bar. So we would go there around happy hour. Almost every day, we were young, so we could really handle our drink and our partying. And Pete Coughlin would be there. He was the GM of CMF. 
and there was a rivalry rock station in Rochester, the Velcro Brothers. The Velcro Brothers try to try to buy some shots for me. I know Crohn's was there. A few other people. Maybe Jay was there. I don't know. We were about to drink the shots because, you know, I'm not making any money. I, I was making maybe, Christ, 10000 a year, maybe. So anything free, I'm like, fuck that, man. I'm, I'm drinking it, especially, you know, alcohol. Even if it was, even if it was a, a shot I didn't like, I was going to drink it. It's free. Pete Coughlin marches over to us and he goes, this is how competitive the guy was. And this is how competitive radio was. People don't understand. Radio used to be really competitive. You would fight other radio stations just for van space in front of a venue. Pete Coughlin marches over to us. He goes, any of you guys drink that shot? You're fired. And then he proceeds to walk over to the Velcro brothers. I'll never forget this. And they were running the rock station. So they were, you know, they were suits. And he threw the shots in their face. <laughs> and that started a little, a little scuffle between uh, RGM and the Velcro brothers. And then obviously we're all jumping in. It wasn't like an all-out uh, bar brawl, but Pete Coughlin did not play. And then he was the guy that uh, said, kid, are you ready? I'm like, yeah, I'm ready. Because then he took over a radio station in Buffalo, and, and he, uh, he grabbed me to finally do my own show, which was overnight at the time. So uh, Pete Coughlin is very, very special to me. And, uh, you know, rest in peace, my brother. Rest in peace. Like Anchorman, but the radio version, 100%. I mean, that Anchorman, uh, there's a lot of stuff in there that I certainly can relate to uh, as, far as, uh, as far as radio and radio wars go. And this is really inside, um, but Pete Coughlin is the reason why I beat the shit out of all those old timers at WNEW. Brother Weez is one of the reasons why I beat the shit out of Howard for so many years, because Howard did Brother Weez wrong when he was talking about his daughter, who's an awesome, awesome person. So I never forgot that. So one of the reasons I always beat up Howard over the years was because of uh, Brother Weez, my mentor in the business. And the reason why I beat the shit out of the old, old crew at WNEW, all these old uh, radio dinosaurs that uh, believed that the music was what people wanted to hear instead of talking, and, and me and Anthony proved them fucking wrong. But Pete Coughlin, so like I said, he, he hired me in, in Buffalo, but before that, he went from WCMF in Rochester to run WNEW in New York City. He got this massive fucking gig in the city, a dream job. And he wanted to shake things up at NEW uh, because he made WCMF in Rochester just massively huge. So he comes down to New York and he tries to implement all this stuff to just, you know, to just destroy the competition in New York. And those assholes wouldn't listen to the guy and they revolted against Pete Coughlin. They all got together and basically said to the owners of the station, it's either it's either uh, him or us. So Pete Coughlin technically uh, failed in New York because these assholes thought they knew what they were doing still. And so then he moved to Buffalo and then he hired me. He goes, kid, you ready for your own show? I said, hell yeah. Did three years in Buffalo. Did three years at uh, BAB on Long Island. Did three years in Boston at WAF, and then we come to New York to work at WNEW. A mere, uh, what was it, like nine years later, and I never forgot how those guys treated Pete Coughlin, and I made it hurt. 
I'm all, I am loyal to my people. Plus, they had to go just because they just, uh, you know, their time, uh, their time passed them by. Probably uh, how time is passing me by. Ah, shit, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I didn't even want to talk this morning. I'm grabbing a cup of coffee. Stay there. I'll be right back. Get a better boner with BlueChew.com. Oh, that came out of nowhere. Now, didn't it? Go to BlueChew.com. Use the promo code OPIE, O-P-I-E, to receive your first month free. This year, it's time to get off the couch and get back into the bedroom, you silly goose. And Blue Chew can help. Guys, we know that confidence can take you far in life. And when you feel confident, you're at your best, especially when it comes time to step up to the plate. If you know what I mean, you do know what I mean. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. The process is simple. You sign up at BlueChew.com, you consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your first prescription within days. Yeah, the best part, it's online. You don't have to go to the doctor's office. You don't have to wait in line at the pharmacy, which means everything is discreet. Even when they send it to your house, it's in a discreet package. In other words, it doesn't say, Boner! across the packaging. Why don't you give it a try? Try Blue Chew free when you use the promo code Opie at checkout. Just pay the $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code Opie, O-P-I-E, to receive your first month free. And visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And of course, we thank BlueChew for supporting the podcast. Take care of your boner right now. BlueChew.com, promo code Opie. I love that dirty water. Oh, Boston, you're my home. I like this. This is really casual. You were good to me, Jay Wilson. I never forgot the people that were good to me. I was a, I was a wise-ass kid from Long Island thinking I could make it. And, uh, <laughs> and you were good to me, man. I was such a wise-ass kid from Long Island that when I went to Geneseo, that's why... Rochester and Buffalo. I, I I spent a lot of time in Western New York. It's it's true. I always say it's the first night, but I'm not sure. But uh, one of the first nights at Geneseo, a good seven hours from home. I was in the Onondaga dorm. I was in a triple with a with a guy from Syracuse, and I forgot where the other guy was from. And uh, I was such a wise-ass from Long Island that they beat the crap out of me uh, during one of my first nights at Geneseo away, uh, away at college. Yeah. You know, and then I, I abandoned my own room and I lived with the girls on the floor for, I don't know, off and on for weeks. Four weeks. And then I had to go back into the triple and it was just incredibly uncomfortable. And then the guy from Syracuse, lucky me. He decided and realized that the other guy was the problem and it wasn't me. Uh, Now you might say to yourself, well, congratulations on that, Ope, for winning that. Well, the the guy I was left with uh, was the guy, and I I told this story on the podcast. (laughs) He was the guy that liked to keep our door open as he attempted to, uh, you know, do something to himself. Let's just put it that way. Legs all the way over the top. 
and he, he he loved the shock value as people walking by our our room and peeking in and seeing him <laughs> trying to do that. So I, I might have been better off uh, being the guy that left that triple. But oh, memories! I like this. Jim and Sam, why are you even attempting to listen to those guys? I know me sitting here with a cup of coffee with no producers, talking to nobody is better than what they're doing. I have no doubt in my fucking mind. I mean, serious, you know, they wanted to go the safe route. The days of the loose cannons like myself are long gone. So they just want safe stuff. The beauty of what I do to this day, the beauty of Opie and Anthony was you had to listen every day because you didn't know what the hell you were going to hear. And I even said over the years, like, you better listen every day because you never know when it's going to be the last show. And boy, was I right. Now, man, you turn on the radio, you turn on the Sirius XM, you know what you're going to hear? No one's going to be, uh, you know, putting their whole ass on the line anymore. And that makes it very, very boring. Hi, Tommy. Only three years at BAB. Yeah, that was it. That was it. And I, I was crushing it before I met Anthony. And at the time, you know, your life path is your life path. It's hard to have regrets in life because it, 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 all that weird shit that happens to you brings you to the present, right? But I, I can speak for, the, for at the time. At the time, I did not want to leave WBAB at all. Well, first of all, I was the first hire at BAB in uh, something like 10 or 15 years. They had guys there at the time that were there forever, and they just simply didn't change that lineup. It was very, very rare. So when they gave me my own show, 7 to Midnight, that was a big deal because they just simply didn't do that often. And I, and I uh, quickly – yeah, I'm bragging, but it's, it's key to the story. I, I quickly – became pretty much the, uh, the most popular uh, person at the radio station. I was number one in all my demos. I was crushing it. This was all before Anthony, by the way. And then I bring Anthony on board, and then we got the chemistry, and it's so obvious we got something. And uh, I, went to the, I went to management at the time. I said, yo, I'm from Long Island. You know what I, 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 I'm doing on my own, and you now know what I'm doing with this guy. I just... I just want a better shift, more money, and I'll stay, man. This is my backyard. And they just didn't see it my way. What idiots. Now that you know uh, the run me and Anthony had, they just didn't see it my way. I'm like, I'm telling you, if you don't give me more money, because I now got to pay this guy, Anthony, and we, and I want a, a better time slot, I'm leaving. They're like, And they laugh like, oh, he's just, you know, he's BSing us. I put out three, but I can't remember the third city anymore. I gave three big, giant radio stations. Oh, what was the third city? Shit, because I never, because I don't think I was even considering it. Oh, shoot. Oh, shoot. Um, but I put, I put three uh, demos out there, one to Boston, one to Dallas, and the third, I forgot. Shit. That doesn't matter. All three wanted us. They're like, holy shit. So then I go back to BAB. I go, hey, here you go. I told you. If you don't give me money or a better slot, we're leaving. And even then, they let us go. Oh, my God. We would have made them millions. Yeah, I heard that, Tommy. Fingers just retired. Fingers was at BAB before me. 
Every once in a while, when I would drive uh, way out east on Long Island, I would turn on BAB every once in a while. No offense to BAB, but regular radio just fucking blows across the board for the reasons I just told you. You're going to hear the same exact songs, and you're, you're going to hear DJs that aren't putting their ass on the line, and they're not even really saying anything in between the records. It's sad what has become of uh, regular radio. But every once in a while, I would, I would tune in BAB. But honestly... <laughs> they, they sounded exactly how how the radio station was when I was there over 20, oh my God, I got to say like 25 years ago, I think. I don't know, whatever. But I would hear fingers every once in a while and it, and it, it would bring a smile to my face. That, that dude was a, a solid, solid, solid guy. I remember first it was internet radio and no one took internet radio seriously. And internet radio never really took off, but it was obviously showing that there's new media out there coming. Regular radio did nothing with the internet radio. Um, but I was thinking to myself, oh my God, this is just the beginning, I, you know? And then um, Mel Karmazin, who I love that guy too, he famously said that he wasn't gonna worry about the internet at the time because he can't make money off it. Can you imagine? But you gotta put in some years to let it develop, right? And they had all the people regular radio, but they let internet radio take a tiny little taste. And then uh, satellite radio comes in. And even with satellite radio, they didn't take that seriously. They could have pumped up their shit and got apps all the way back then to keep their audience. And they allowed satellite radio to just come in and destroy regular radio. Now you could hire people to just talk normally they didn't care if you said the F word. You said the F word on regular radio, I, they would shut you down immediately. You'd get fined, you'd get suspended. And the people out there, they're not stupid. If you're gonna listen to a talk show, you wanna hear people you know, talking normally, like how you talk. And they didn't get any of this regular radio, my God. I know it's so funny. Satellite radio is falling for the same trap. Um, podcasting came along probably at this point, almost 15 years ago, maybe. I mean, it was, it was probably around before that. And I, <clears throat> excuse me, I remember Eric Logan, he goes, oh, get into podcasting now. He knew that it was a tidal wave coming. He knew, and I'm like, ah! We had a hugely successful show making ridiculous money, so I, I, I didn't pay attention to that. Now I'm thinking, oh my God, if I jumped on podcasting from day one, it would be insane the audience I would have had and the money I would be making. But with that said, Eric Logan said that as he was running um, XM at the time. And now Sirius is making the same mistake. They let podcast uh, podcasting take a giant bite of their business. And at that point, Sirius XM was king. All they had to do was, uh, you know, fend off all these uh, competitors. And now when Howard uh, leaves, they're fucked. They don't have anybody. I don't like Howard, but you got to acknowledge what he does for that company. And when he leaves, they're fucked. They didn't groom anybody. Because when I say regular radio stinks, uh, I know there are guys out there on regular radio that have the skills to actually do something interesting with the show, but they're just simply not allowed. And they fire everybody as soon as there's a, just a tiny bit of controversy. My good friend Bull, who I worked with at um, WCMF in Rochester, 
He's another protege of Brother Weeze. He moved on to Buffalo and made a huge name for himself. And then he was the morning guy at 97 Rock. And then you had some asshole comedian tell some off-color joke. It was just a joke. And that that should have been good enough for him to keep his job, to be fair. But you also got to know the the climate you're in these days. And if you're going to tell an off-color joke, uh, there's a very good possibility you're going to get yourself in a lot of trouble. That was the mistake this comedian made, that times have changed. I think you should be able to tell off-color jokes on regular radio, podcasting, um, Sirius XM. You should be able to, to say them at your workplace because it's all comedy in the end. But whatever. So this guy tells an off-color joke, and suddenly the radio company, they fired the entire morning show, including my friend Bull, who did nothing. His crime was that he was actually on air when this guy uh, told off-color joke. Bull didn't even really laugh or anything. He was, you could tell he was a little uncomfortable because he knew that uh, the climate of radio changed. So then this asshole radio company, they, they decide to fire everybody. They should have fired the comedian, even though I don't think he should have been fired. But at the very least, he should have been the only one that was fired. And so they ruined, for now, my good friend uh, Bull's radio career. He put a lot of time in, uh, into Buffalo. He's ingrained in the sports scene uh, up there in Buffalo. I used to love, love radio. And uh, what they have done to the business is just, it's criminal. A lot of good guys have had their lives ruined and their careers ruined by these radio executives who hire you to try to get ratings. And now if you step over the line with your big toe, they get rid of you and everybody that was associated with you. But these radio executives, because they're trying to keep their jobs, they fire the, the DJs left and right and the entire the entire show. And then, you know, then they bring in another show to replace it, right? Because they have to do that. And you know those people are like, well, we can't say crap because they, they fired the guys before us for this. So now you hire the, the replacement show and you know they're, they're too scared to say or do anything. And then you're the, the person that suffers because you're in your car with a horrible commute and there's nothing to listen to. Nothing. Because everyone is scared shitless. Yeah, but that's not fair, Tommy. I mean, you're not wrong. They fired the rest probably because they felt they should have stopped or dead-aired the joke. Well, I know my buddy Bull. That was, that's the person I care about. So I, I, I listened to the, uh, the joke and uh, the broadcast. And I listened to how Bull handled it. And he handled it perfectly. He didn't laugh. If he And, and he was uncomfortable in the situation. It was very, very obvious because he knew. He was like, oh, my God, what are you doing? Stupid comedians. Oh, God. There's not a comedian out there that I know of that gives a fuck about anybody else. And I'm trying to think. There's probably a couple. I, I should be fair. But the overwhelming majority only give a fuck about themselves. All right, guys. Um, wow, this was fun. Um, so I hope you're subscribed. If not, hit that subscribe button. I could use some more subscribers to the podcast. We got uh, merch at opradio.com. And the most important thing, uh, these days I hang way more on the private Facebook group. Those people I really give a crap about because, uh, you know, 
they're doing right by me. They they pay like four or five bucks a, a month, five bucks a month, and it's just a very good group, a uh, very good group of people. Here's Doggy. You ready to go out, Doggy? See, he knows when the live stream should end. All right, all right, go get your leash. Oh, that's right. You still don't know what that is. I see these dogs in a line. You go, go get your leash, and they run and get it, and it's in their mouth. I'm trying to figure out how I can get. Do go get your leash. That doesn't mean lick my face. Go get your leash, and we'll go. No. All right, I got to work on that. Uh, what was I saying? Yeah. So the uh, the private Facebook group and and uh, the guys in the private Facebook group, you know, I really really appreciate them. So they're paying five dollars a month, and it's you know it helps the cause because most of my stuff. Most of my content is uh, completely free out there. So when I get a somebody joining the private Facebook group and giving me, uh, you know, five dollars a month, that's that's greatly appreciated. All right. So if you're on Facebook right now, you just hit um, subscribe on my page, and you could join a good group of people. And if you don't join them, that's okay too. <clears throat> no worries. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, you know, pressuring anybody to do that. How viral would you go if you brought back the show that won't be banned? It's not something I'm thinking about. It's not something I want to do. That won't be named. You can you can mention Anthony. I'm sure if I, me and Anthony got back together, you know, as far as nostalgia goes, it would be a massively huge show for a bit. But it's something I have no desire to do. I'd rather be poor. Womp, bump, bump, bump. Boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo. <laughs> 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 <laughs>